Come on. Well, I'm left. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Joe Eshelman. Joe, are you ready to do this? George, let's do it. Nice to see you. How are you? I am doing great, man. A plus, Joe. A plus. We were just oh, talking boy. about how there's no such thing as an A plus. Well, Stop. Maybe, maybe, maybe in theory there is, but I don't know. Reality strikes. It may not quite be that pretty of a grade. Right. Well, I am. I'm doing awesome. Joe is a CIMA, Certified Investment Management Analyst. He is the president of TowerPoint Wealth. Joe, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here, George. I appreciate the opportunity to be a guest and contribute, hopefully, to the content of Lifeblood. So uh, I am a native Pennsylvanian, born and raised. I uh, am a Philadelphia Eagles fan, a Phillies fan, a Sixers fan, and a Penn State fan. So I like sports, <laughs> but uh, I've been in California now, Sacramento in particular, which is where Tower Point Wealth is based uh, since 1999. So I talked to my wife and said it's interesting that we've now lived in California longer than we've lived in Pennsylvania because she's from hmm. Pennsylvania as well. Um, we both came out here separately, but uh, she came out to study and I came out because I was working in New Jersey and didn't like my job and she was out here. So I was 22 and uh, didn't have much to lose. So I told my job, I told my boss to get lost, packed up my 1991 Ford Explorer to the gills and drove from Reading, Pennsylvania to St. Louis, Missouri, slept in a rest stop in St. Louis, Missouri that first night. And then from St. Louis, I woke up about four hours later and drove to Laramie, Wyoming and uh, splurged on a $20 hotel room. And then <laughs> from Laramie, drove to Sacramento on that third day. And I've been in California ever since. So it's been an interesting and enjoyable ride for the most part. It's a little get used to to understand how things work in California, which is definitely different than Pennsylvania. But all in all, I've built a wonderful family and a wonderful life and certainly a wonderful practice and now a wonderful wealth management firm here at Tower Point Wealth and happy to be a guest today. Nice. And your daughter's a softball player. Daughter is a softball player. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I was a baseball player in high school, actually played ball four years at Lehigh University as well uh, as a pitcher there. And uh, she's a freshman in high school. So that comes with its own set of unique responsibilities and challenges. And my son, who's 12, his name is Henry. He's a baseball player as well, but uh, it was fun yesterday. I know you and I were talking a little bit offline where Josephine actually had her first high school softball game. She was fortunate enough to make the varsity and drove about 45 minutes, which hopefully not all the games are that far away, but uh, 45 minutes to see her first game yesterday. So nice. pretty exciting mini moment as a parent. Yeah. And were you just casually sitting watching everything go down, Joe, or are you more of an active participant? Yeah, well, I, I, it's one of the things about being from the East Coast and now living in the West is having the East Coast edge, which I don't think will ever go away. But uh, as I continue to get older, George, and continue to, to slowly mellow, uh, portions of that edge get a little bit rounded out, but uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a casual observer at the games, although 
uh, my my commentary and and opinions have, have have gotten a little bit quieter as I've participated in in kids sports. But funny story about yesterday, as I was watching her play ball, we were in a, a bit more of a country town outside of Sacramento. It's called Shingle Springs, and they were playing at a place called Ponderosa High School. And it was a beautiful softball field, beautiful facility, but right next to the softball field is an old kind of dilapidated country house with uh, a concurrent dilapidated to some degree country backyard. I think uh, rusty swing set, uh, you know, piles of debris, and uh, they had a junkyard dog back there as well. Obviously. And, uh, yeah, I know you and I were laughing a little bit about this. So uh, uh, throughout the softball game, there were some foul balls that went directly back, bounced off of the concrete that was behind the, uh, the, the softball field and into the backyard of this, this country home and the junkyard dog's residence. And there was about three foul balls that went back there. And there's probably 20 fans in the crowd, obviously all parents. Everyone's looking at each other saying, we're not going to. <laughs> go get those, you know, usually go out and get the foul ball and throw it back in. But because of where they were located, the, uh, the, the fencing around there was barbed wire. It was about waist high. And again, a big dog house and a big dog, but I was eyeballing it. And I thought to myself, <laughs> the hell with it. I'm going to go get those softballs and, you know, get them back in. So kind of look around jump over the barbed wire fence, do a mad dash to pick one up, no sign of the dog, mad dash to pick the second one up. And sure as you know what, uh, Lassie <laughs> comes running out the door barking because I'm encroaching on her territory. So I picked the second ball up, not the third, jumped over the barbed wire fence and returned the balls to the softball field. And my daughter, Josephine, did comment, why did you have to make a scene at my first high school softball game? I said, well... At least it wasn't a scene where I was telling the umpires they were doing a bad job or telling her she was doing bad. Hey, or, or getting mauled by Lassie because it could have gotten a lot worse, daughter. I could have got a lot worse, but, you know, I got the blood flowing during a slow part of the game. And, yeah. you know, let's, let, let's have a little bit of fun. It reminds me of the time when one of the softballs got stuck in the fencing about 25 feet up and I climbed all the way to the top of the fence. And hmm. Got the ball and brought it back yeah. down. Have you ever heard the phrase, how you do one thing is how you do everything, Joe? Uh, you know, it, it certainly resonates to some degree where I definitely wouldn't say I'm a type B personality. We'll think like that. <laughs> I, I think that that's awesome. You know, you, you see an opportunity. Anyhow, sorry for the tangent, but it was entertaining. No, I, I think that that's awesome. And I really, I mean, it, 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 I think it's, I think it ties in nicely to the fact that you are a driven, hardworking person. And I think that you probably, you shared that you got that from your dad, but you are an early morning person. Yes. A member, I don't know if proud is the right adjective to use, but a member of the 4am club. Um, when I launched Tower Point Wealth, it was a bit of a, a goat rodeo um, as we separated from our former employer and decided to hang our shingle and go fully independent. Uh, looking back on that, I do not regret it at all and wish it would happen sooner. And we're ecstatic and happy where we are and certainly working hard to you know, be the premier wealth management from here in Sacramento. But with that being the case and being an entrepreneur, uh, getting up early uh, seems to be the only time I have for peace and quiet 
from about 4 a.m. to 7, 6.45 when the kids' alarms go off, and then all hell breaks loose again. But yeah, definitely proud member of that 4 a.m. club, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I too, uh, I, I've never referred to it as, as a club because I think it's a pretty crappy club that I'm also a member <laughs> of, but it just kind of is what it is. And it sounds like we have pretty similar schedules because um, uh, my kids also get up at 6.45-ish, so it does give you a, give you a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, and again, too, I can you know, go to the, go to the softball games, go to baseball practice. And uh, as much as I love what I do, you know, being dad and, and husband, you know, obviously comes first. And, you know, if we're going to cut out of work at three or four o'clock, then, you know, work's got to get done. And that seems the best time to do it. Yeah. Funny when side you... story. Yeah. I uh, for Christmas, I don't know how much you're into uh, wearables or not, but I got this whoop which are pretty nice. popular. Steph Curry wears one, not that I'm professing to be anywhere near him. And one of the things that the WHOOP measures is the quantity of sleep and the quality of sleep and hmm. measures all these different aspects of your body and then brings recommendations to you. And I'm excited about wearing that, excited about all the analytics and metrics. One small frustration point is when I was wearing my WHOOP for the first time for about a week, and it recommended that my ideal bedtime was 6.19 p.m. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the whoop's not quite familiar with what the schedule looks like. But uh, so if you can find a way for me to get my ideal amount of sleep based on a 6.19 bedtime, George, I am all ears. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> circle back on you with that. Yeah, right. So... I, I do not happily jump out of bed when my alarm goes off and it goes off at 345 and oh boy. and it hurts and it hurts every time. And I say to myself, everything I want in life is on the other side of this alarm. And I stand up and I leave my room. Tell me about how, how you feel when your alarm goes off and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I don't recall who told me, but you know, if you want to get ahead in life and to, you know, we all define success differently, needless to say. Um, but if we want to accomplish things that other people aren't able or willing to accomplish, we have to do things that other people aren't willing or able to do so. And uh, certainly that's inclusive of an early morning uh, alarm. Um, am I in love with that? No. Do I enjoy a Sunday where we're sleeping in until six or six thirty? Absolutely. When I was uh, twenty-five, would I say sleep until six thirty is sleeping in? I'd probably laugh at that. I was <laughs> perhaps only getting in at six thirty some evenings. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, it's just a price you pay. Yeah, it's different seasons of life too, right? So That's for sure, George. <laughs> <laughs> different seasons of life. So yeah. moving out, you know, packing everything into the Ford Explorer, heading out to a new part of the world, a new city, a new state where you don't know anybody at all, except for your, your, your girlfriend, soon to be, soon to be wife yep. and getting into, or, or keeping, keeping going with financial services. I, I, I can't quite remember that point. Um, how did, how did you start? How did you actually make it all happen? Uh, monster.com. So I came out and was equipped with about $600 in my bank account and a college degree. And like you said, I, you know, I didn't know anyone other than Megan. I didn't have a lot to lose by 
making the decision to drive 3000 miles and move westward. But, uh, you know, again, I figured what the heck, let's uh, let's take the opportunity and, and make it happen. And so once I moved out and moved in with her, um, I sold dog food for a while hmm. for what was called Dr. Ballard's. It was a weird new line of dog food. And obviously that's a difficult market to, to penetrate, but that was a stopgap until I could obviously you know, put my degree to some use. And I uh, saw an advertisement on monster.com for what was called a financial advisor in training program through what was then Prudential Securities. And uh, I'm still friends with him to this day. I went in and interviewed with a gentleman by the name of Ron Toll, who was the manager at the time for Prudential Securities as a, a semi-ignorant, but bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, not going to take no for an answer, 23-year-old. And uh, fortunately, I was hired by Ron after telling him that I wasn't going to fail because I was going to outwork him. <laughs> he got to the office at six and he left at seven in the evening. And he told me that as long as you're here before me and you are here when I leave, I won't fire you, Joe. Deal. That was doable. Yeah. So no, I didn't know a soul in Sacramento, but uh, was fortunate enough to be hired as a financial advisor in training, went through Prudential's training program. Um, and proceeded to make, at that time, it was early 2000s, cold calling was still in vogue. And I made 200, 250, 300 calls, cold calls a day to build my practice, build pipeline, build clientele. Nice. Glutton for punishment. Yeah. Well, amen. And now fast forward, gosh, 22, 23 years, 24 years or so. Plus or minus. And you are the president of one of the preeminent wealth management firms in, in Sacramento, and you're a fully independent uh, firm doing integrated financial planning, investment management, and you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning and still working super hard. And I imagine you don't have to necessarily, or maybe you do. Is that just, is it, is it in your DNA? This is a story of commitment, Joe. Well, I mean, sh short answer, yes. Uh, there are plenty of days where, you know, you always want what you don't got, right? That being a traditional eight to four, eight to five type job or, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. And uh, the, those type of jobs and positions are important and wonderful and fit the right type of person and fit the right type of personality. But, um, you know, we, we have a vision here at Tower Point, George, of, being the premier wealth management firm in the greater capital region. Um, so we're not there yet. We've certainly made a lot of important strides in the almost five years that we've now officially been launched as a firm. Um, we feel we've got a tremendous amount of competitive advantage over some of our uh, financial advisor peers here in the, the, the area for reasons we can touch upon if we'd like. And that in and of itself leads to, uh, you know, enough motivation and fire to want to continue to compete on a, a daily basis. And I, I love to compete and love the battle and, and love to, 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 to get after it every day, George. So that's, uh, that's what makes it fun. And, you know, trying to help the kids understand that, you know, some days you, you do all right, and some days you get your butt kicked, but uh, that's all part of the, the fun, if you will. 
Yeah, some days you get the ball, and some days Lassie gets 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 you, for lack of a better example. Yeah, well, and the word grit, you know, is one that I take some pride in, and certainly is a value I want to instill in, in both Henry and Josephine. And you know, I think if you do want to be a successful entrepreneur and you don't have grit, then uh, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, nine thousand percent agree. It's you know, it's it's there's huge there's immense responsibility that you have taken on as at founding this firm and now you're an employer and you're obviously responsible for all of your clients and you've got a family and you're leading yourself, you're minding your, your own health on a daily basis and, and, and all these things. How do you think about that? Is it, do you think a lot about leading by example? Is that how, how, how often is that on your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to the point now, and it's interesting because, I mean, you know, I guess that's that's what's made me a full fledged adult. And that kind of took, takes a little bit of time to, to work your way into. Obviously, entering into the world of parenthood uh, accelerates the process of being full fledged adult. And you know, I semi jokingly say, I, I really only want to be an adult when I have to, <laughs> um, which. Yeah, obviously occupies most of my time, although there are times when you can let your veritable hair down and those are enjoyable as well. But, you know, I, I think the beautiful thing about where we are as a firm at Tower Point, and I, 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 I don't know if I even want to say I hate to be cliched, but the fact that Lori and Nathan were part of the family you know, came with me when we broke from our former employer to launch Tower Point, and now also have Steve and Jonathan and Michelle as we continue to build out this boutique firm, uh, you know, is 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 a close second, obviously, to the family that I go home home to every evening. But uh, it's not. And I was just talking with a client about this literally forty five minutes ago that you know you come to work and and you spend more of your time obviously with your colleagues than you do with your family on a lot of days and you know to be able to to sit and really feel like i would take a bullet for any one of these people here and uh, i care extremely about all of them and they're fun people to hang out with and we're building an awesome culture and you know it's just good it's a great environment where if we're all gonna you know go to battle with each other every day, then you better like who it's, it's with. And, you know, with that, with, with tower point, we all have our issues as well, but for the most part, we're a pretty darn happy family. That's great. I like it. I like it. Well, Joe, people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, we're, and the best word that I'll use is, is unsettled. <laughs> we're in unsettled times. People are feeling unsettled. Clients are feeling unsettled. Investors are feeling unsettled. Pretty much across the globe, things are unsettled. And uh, what we try to focus on here at the firm, myself personally, is trying to focus energy on controllables. And it's not rocket science, George, but we certainly have to have an awareness and a sensitivity to and be attuned to what's happening in the world around us, be it politics, be it economy, be it markets, be it sports, whatever. But a lot of that's out of our control. 
And so what we try to do within working with our clients, helping them to build and protect their wealth and net worth, as well as what I'm trying to do at home with both Henry and Josephine is help focus on controllables and focus on process. And day-to-day, week-to-week, it will be a question mark. What happens or doesn't happen or takes place, that is out of our control. But uh, if you continue to focus energy on controllables, on process, I'm a firm believer that over time, good things will continue to happen. So don't worry about what you don't have control over and sink your energy into what you do. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you and PowerPoint Wealth? We have focused a lot of energy and time on building out a robust website, which is a good digital storefront, www.towerpointwealth.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Joe your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to towerpointwealth.com. It's T-O-W-E-R-P-O-I-N-T, wealth.com. And check out other great resources that Joe and the rest of his team are working on. And if there's an opportunity, then absolutely get in touch. Thanks again, Joe. George, it's a pleasure. Thanks for letting me contribute today. Thank you, brother. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.